Boxing is never gonna die. It's fighting, right? It's primitive. It's like sex. We need it. Yes. Guess what happens when you buy castles, man? <laughs> you gotta fight till you're 60 years old. Don't buy castles. That should be the first rule. P.O.P., baby. He was getting in those ears. You're out of your mind, bro. Instead of boxing, it's a sport that keeps on fucking us over and over. But because I'm in love with it, I stay with it. <laughs> And welcome to P.O.P. Picking up punches. I'm your boy, Sergio Chico. With my co-host with the Yiddish G, a.k.a. my D.O.G., a.k.a. the G.O.D., Derek Drescher. And this week, we have a phenomenal guest. We are highlighting Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Not in person, but on the Zoom Zoom. It's going to be lit. It's going to be on and popping. It's going to be phenomenal. Tune in. We on the Zoom Zoom with Boom Boom. Ah! So what's happening, fool? What's good, Pa? Yo, how dope was our first episode? It was dope. Ann Wolf was the bomb, bro. Yo, we were fanning out a little bit. I was like... My feet were crossed and shaking like this like, under the table. That's how You I know was. what it is? I'm not only a fan of her as a fighter, but just as a person, she was dope. As a human being, bro, that's like, I think, what really drew me to her. Because mm -hmm. I didn't find out who she was until she was training Kirkland. And I saw like an interview, a post-fight interview, and I was like, who is this woman? And when she was talking to him in the corner... She was like, James, you got to eat, eat. Yeah, I, I like, like that. Yeah, and then just, you know, I mean, I, I knew about the Von Ward knockout, but I, just, I, I didn't put two and two together. And then having her in person, we got a glimpse of both sides of it, the hardcore trainer and the sweet brown sugar side. Yeah, all I the like stuff it. she does for children. Uh -huh. It's a beautiful thing. She's beautiful. from New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, originally from New Orleans, from Texas, so... Now we're going to the Midwest, and this week's guest, we got Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Yo, we all heard the phrase throwing punches and bunches. That dude embodies that. Absolutely. Windmill punch. I mean, I wouldn't say windmill because that looks wild, mm -hmm. but I just punches and, and triplet numbers. Absolutely. Triple numbers. Triple Absolutely. digits. Combination puncher through and through. Yeah. Going through and and tough to boot, man. T took a punch, wasn't afraid to mix it up. If you yeah. know what I'm saying, yeah. Like to mix it up a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, he's what you call a guy. Like take one to give one, or take three to give one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was on some Rocky Balboa shit. Yeah, bloody nose all the time. I mean, and then he had that 1980s hair. It was like feathered, like, yeah, like yeah, Farrah yeah, Fawcett, yeah. before he walked into the ring. And then after a couple of rounds, he like Brett the Hitman Hart. Right, right. Good looking kid. Good, Good looking, looking kid. kid. I always find it weird where other men compliment other men about their looks. Tell us a little more about that, Derek. Yeah, well, I'm a closeted homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Asking you shall receive. Yo, P.O.P. definitely has a lot of DBS in it. So have fun with it, be loose. You know, with two comics on the mic, talking boxing. Ohio, Youngstown, Ray Boom Boom Massini, we are highlighting today. And which, by the way... Steel is City, ran by the mafia. Probably had something to do with his career. So. That's the first question I'm going to ask him yeah. when we have him on. So, besides <laughs> killing another man, how was it uh, to be involved in the mafia? Yeah! <laughs> and then I adjust my mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not on, because he's old, too. He's a little older. He's 60, but he's in good shape, I think. He's, he's in good shape, and he's savvy, man. He's in movies now. Yeah. He's, um, he's good with his money. Very good. I can't wait to ask him about boxes are like NFL players, dirtbag with their money. Like I said, a lot of these guys get rich. They start buying castles. <laughs> 
go broke again, and then you got to be 65 years old, fighting and getting knocked out by an MMA fighter 30 <laughs> seconds into the first round. Making us look bad. Yo, for real. Yo, for real. Like, there's nothing worse than watching your favorite boxer barefoot. Bro. Right? And the octagon flabby with the, you know, come uh, on. Are you talking about James? I'm talking about, I'm, yo, I'm not, I don't want to apologize with James. James, Tully. I don't want to apologize with James. He's still James. trying to fight. He wants to fight uh, Shannon the Cannon. Yeah, James lights out Tony. Yep. One of the greatest fighters of our generation, mm-hmm. if not of all time. But, yeah. I fight a little bit like him. <sighs> If my opponent is a 120-pound female. Yeah, let's talk about how Sergio was sparring with a 120-pound uh, Asian woman before he got here today. Well, she got a fight coming up. She got a fight. And I know how to work with people. Did, so, you, you, know, uh, did you knock her out? I punched her in the chest plate. <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> repeatedly. I did, I, did, I did Mancini numbers. Did you drop On her? the body. <laughs> <laughs> I did some Mancini numbers. I would have gave her a bloody nose and yeah. hung her a boyfriend you like know, that. She had a, a headgear that was mass small. It was like this. And really? I, had, I, had, I had the bar cro- I had the headgear with the bar across my face. 12-ounce gloves. I dirtbagged her, bro. Yo, the, uh, the bar across the face, I, I don't like that headgear. And to see, we have a throwback fighter we're talking about. Those guys didn't use bars across the face. Nope. I mean, when Mancini was fighting, we're talking about this guy was probably at the tail end of doing 15-round fights. Oh, he did, he did fight in a lot of 15-round fights. He fought, um, when he fought Arguello, he lost in the 14th round. 15 Livingston rounds. Bramble, I believe, was a 15-round fight also. Yeah, this guy is, I believe, the death of, what's his name again? Kim Duk-Koo. Kim Duk-Koo. I believe that is the reason why they started to go away from the 15-rounders and go to the 12. I believe that had something to do with it. But we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll ask. We'll explore. Well, we'll explore that that yeah. idea. Emoji with the uh, magnifying glass. We'll do a little, a little investigating on that end. Other than that, how's your, uh, how you been the past, these, this past weekend? Well, you got me you. feeling great. So as you know, as you know... Uh, Look, well, maybe Marshall. you guys don't know. Yeah, you know, Marshall, move in, move in, get close to me, pa. Okay, okay. We had to film this intro four times because our producer- So like Mancini fighting Aguero, 15-round fight towards the 10th round, he starts to fade out a little bit. And in that case, you need good conditioning, right? The thing you is need a good team. So you ask how my weekend was, thanks to you, it's going well because I'm training for the marathon and you, my friend, are coaching me. And we are trying to get those last six miles under control, but my knee is hurting. Like my name is Deborah, and I'm 75 years old. Right. You make a lot of excuses. I don't know why I keep. I don't want to come across as misogynistic. I already said I was uh, sparring a, a female. I already uh, used the name. I used the name Deborah in, 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 in reference to me having a bad knee. So let's rewind real quick. Like my name is Seymour, and I'm 77 years old. <laughs> Well, the thing is this. I think you're all about equality if you spar with a female. Yeah. Me too. I used to spar with the girls all the time. I just prefer working with women overall because men are dumb. You know what's funny, though? Sitting with Ann Wolf the other day, I was like, I could feel. that She'll she... punch through your chest. Absolutely. And relieve all the Newport smoke <laughs> in your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't better than me just because you brought your banana jewel. Yeah, bro. I the... stopped smoking cigs. Yeah. Now you got a banana jewel that's yellow that matches your hat. Yeah, banana, banana flavor from my Puerto Rican side. <laughs> You know what I mean? My man, the Yiddish Boricua. The thing is, Sergio, you make a lot of excuses during your training. I've had to push you quite a bit. Yeah, I feel like giving up. You take more energy from me as 
as a trainee than than my clients at the gym. That's not true. Than the snowflakes at the gym. <laughs> than the Megan's and Kelsey. You're like, I don't know if I could do this. My knee is bothering me. Should I get a cortisone shot? I know. I got acupuncture done. I don't done. like my shoes. You think these throwback fighters ever got acupuncture done or cortisone shots? I don't know. Cortisone might have been a thing. Yeah. I have to delve into that a little bit. But, you know, to be honest, at your age, a man I'm, a, I'm in the master's class. Your last training run was supposed to be 14 but you decided to do 13. You think Matt Cena would have did that? No, he goes all the way through. No, and that's why you're not going to hit your goal time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll do it. Because you hitting your goal time is a reflection of me, right? So if you hit it, I'm going to post it on social media. If Am you... I going to see you at the end of the race no. with your arms crossed, sitting on a lawn chair with flip-flops and ankle socks on? A cigarette hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> Cat hair on your feet. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I can see. And you know what? You'll be there before my wife and daughter will be there. You know why? Because they don't care. Right. My daughter will be laying on her belly with her feet crossed playing Roblox before she comes to the race. Your daughter's like, why are you running 26 miles? It's stupid. <laughs> She's like, why are you doing that again? <laughs> playing the video games. Is Liz supportive of you? Yes, she is. Running the marathon? Last time she had a uh, photographer uh, follow me. The whole race? The whole race. He was on a unicycle. His name was... Uh, his name is Zero. This is why I can't. He, I, wait, wait, tell me. Their name was Zero because they didn't identify. Their name was Zero, and they wrote a unicycle. He was a, he was, and he was flashing. They was a they. It was a they. It was a they. Yeah. They, they, and they didn't accept So currency. wait, they was taking pictures of you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, P.O.P., we're getting dirty. Picking off punches, <laughs> Picking baby. Picking off punches, baby. So Ray Mancini, I think I know his niece, and she's hot. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, man, it's neat. She's a sweetheart. Her name is Christina. I'm going to ask him if I remember. Um, I, used to, I actually had her in the gym, and she said, Ray, is, uh, Boom Boom Mancini is my, is my uncle. I was like, oh, dope, man. Well, what an exciting fighter. You got to be careful with those people. Why? The Italians. Yeah. Just be... <laughs> when I first met you, I thought you were Italian. Me? Why? you talk a lot of shit. Whoa. <laughs> Yo! My, I don't have an accent like that. I don't talk like that. Well, you talk like you're black. Yo! <laughs> well, you're raised in East New York, right? And you spend yeah. uh, how many years in prison? In the seven. Prison I did system? seven years in prison. I haven't worked out since March. It's August. Look at me. You want to know why? I went through physiological changes while I was incarcerated <laughs> to protect myself. And that's how we roll. Yo, what's I don't the, even have to work out. What's the diet like in jail? I mean, Shitty. You, you're giving us a, a, a lot of, like amount of food. It's, it's just you're giving a lot of amount of food. No, Is that I'm what you're and allotted. Yeah. That's a big word. Yeah, wow. and I felt good using it. I wrote it down on my to-do list. Watch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking like a dude who came out of prison. Yeah, so you served the bare minimum. Yeah, you're talking like a dude who just came out of prison. <laughs> yeah, and my posture was, was allotted that. a, a yeah. certain amount of uh, nutrition. And why, guys, daily. I could tell you this came out of prison because when we go for our Pokeballs after uh, Pop, <laughs> you always protect your food. You got very wide with your with your, with your lats. Yeah, because motherfuckers just try to take my food. Nah. Yeah. Dudes try to eat your food? Absolutely. You got to let it be known that you ain't going to stand for that type of behavior. Did you, you allow... stab a dude in the ass cheek for trying to steal a Snickers bar? No, it was a bag of Cheetos, actually. <laughs> I stabbed a man in the ass over a bag of Cheetos. And as you wave your fingers and tell the stories, your fingers reek of cheese doodles. I, know. I just licked them clean, actually. <laughs> You know what's funny? He, I, and meanwhile, we have fancy water here at the studio. He could have just used this. But yet you decide to use your mouth. Why? Because I'm a barbarian. I'm a I'm savage. Nobody's cut from my cloth. You know what I'm saying? Would you consider Mancini one of the gentlemen of boxing? I think he has some class. I think oh, he has very I think we're find uh, in out his today. interviews, he's very classy. Very, very classy. Absolutely. And he, he has a good control of the of the language, the English language. Probably better than than me and you. We'll see about that. Or you and I. <laughs> you and I. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me. 
Yeah, but um, I'm excited to have him on. So many I'm always fascinated by guys like that because like Paulie Malinaji, he may have went to school, I'm not sure, but Paulie Malinaji had like a GED. Right. And that guy speaks well. He speaks like three different languages. Yeah, he speaks Italian, he speaks... Spanish. Spanish. And English. Ebonics. Ebonics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, we might have to cut that one out. No, no, we're leaving all this year. <laughs> anyway, you guys ready for the guest? Yo, he's coming on now? Yeah, we got him. We got him on the Zoom Zoom. We got Boom Boom on the Zoom Zoom. Boom Boom on the Zoom Zoom. Let's, Let's get it cracking. There he hey, is. The Ray. champ is here. Ray <laughs> Boom Boom Mancini. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, I apologize. What an ordeal this turned out to be. You don't owe us any of that. Yeah, don't I'm worry just about happy it. to see you. And uh, yeah, we are doing it. We are live and in person. Man, that background is nice. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's my office. like the only thing in here. Is it, right? Yeah. And then a card table for uh, my computer and everything else in the back. Nothing else. Oh, I do got a baby. I do got a crib. Wait, you're Wait. a new father? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's when my granddaughter comes and my wife's granddaughter comes. Oh, so, okay. So whenever they come, we have it. So her, you know, her granddaughter comes, my granddaughter comes. I liked it so much, I did it twice. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> are you wearing a robe? Oh, that looks like yeah, a. Yeah, I, I tell you what, because I got done working out. When you guys come here, I was in the middle of workout. I forgot the time and I apologize. So I did the workout. I wish I could touch it. It looks like. But I feel like in my natural element. You know what I mean? I like it, man. Sweaty. I'm looking ragged, but that's all right. And I got my robe on, so I'm ready to go. Is that the Versace robe? (laughs) (laughs) Is that chinchilla? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's that cotton sticky, itchy cotton that you get at the TJ Maxx. I don't know. I, th- I think you're being humble. Uh, I, li- I like I like that robe. That's the way Derek moves around the streets. He wears his pajama clothes in the streets yep. to go to ShopRite. I got the same exact robe. That's how I roll around. <laughs> Throw my house shoes on, go get my cigarettes, go back upstairs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. You know, look, in all respect, when I got my pajamas, I like to throw on some of my joggers or tea. And I go, you know, I go to Starbucks and I go to, like you said, I go to store. But it's a lazy day. I And I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't getting dressed up for nobody. Yeah. But, you know, but my wife always tells me, but what if you see somebody out? I go, I see him. She goes, well, they they expect to meet Ray Mancini. I said, they are meeting Ray Mancini. <laughs> yeah, but they don't expect to meet Ray Mancini, you know, like like the guy who's supposed to be the public guy. I go, well, this is the total package, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're going to get the bad and the ugly. They're going to get Ray with flip-flops on and ankle socks. <laughs> that shit went out with how long ago that go out? But I, I tell you too, right? That shit went out with Winchester Cathedral. I see, I see people that still do that. They go, yo, come on, man. That my kids used to do that in high school. Come on. Nah, yeah. nah, nah, Ray, Ray you I know, got something to admit. I still move around like yeah, that. Yeah, Puerto Ricans <laughs> like to move around like that. Puerto Ricans. The Boricua! Boricua! Can I, can I ask you to do one thing? Can I? Can you yeah. uh, put the, put your camera down on something sturdy because right now I feel like I'm watching a Blair Witch Project. But I'm, try, I'm trying to do that because... Yeah, take well, your time. Okay. We me, have me, time me, if you have time. Just set no, it somewhere. Let me get something here. I'm going to tell you what. All right, let me try this. Yeah, because well, I want well, you to be comfortable. To, uh, well, no, no. See, because I had to put a... There, there we go. go. Yeah. Had, well, well, the reason why, I was holding it in my hand because I had to charge her in because it's coming down. So if it, if it starts getting lower, I'll have to recharge it and put it, hold my hand again like that. But right it's now we're good. good. Right now we're good. We're good right now. I watched a few of your fights uh, recently, and holy shit, man. 
I've always been a fan of you since way back in the Thank days. You. But then Thank recently, I, I started uh, revisiting some YouTube clips, and holy shit, you were so much fun to watch. I mean, I, you, I mean, you. you will go up Thank and down. You embody the 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 phrase punches and bunches. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, look, I mean, I was fortunate that that style was a nat my natural. It's just, you know, since I was an amateur, I was an aggressive kid. My boxing style, I wanted to be reminiscent of my father. How he was my hero, my idol, everything I wanted to be as a fighter, as a father, as a man, you know. And that was my father's style. But I tell people, you know, it's like fighters are born, they're not made. You can't make a guy, be, you either have the fighting spirit or you don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we're anything special, it's just... Like some guys are made to be doctors, some guys may be scientists, some guys may be fighters. And I tell them, you don't pick fighting, fighting picks you. It's like when you go to dog pond and you know you pick out a puppy, the puppy picks you, right? You can't, you can't, oh man, here we go. The, oh, Jesus, man. You're gonna get this. I apologize. No, it's I fine. Should, I should, you can't you, oh. <laughs> I gotta turn this off somehow. I haven't, I haven't heard well, a, a real-life answer machine like that since the night, since, since yeah. 1980. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a I love it. Says you gotta get it. You got to get rid of it. Nobody has that anymore. I said, well, I don't want, you know, if I don't want people calling my cell phone, for any of its business purposes, mainly, if they want to get to me, they get to that. And then I'll get back to them. And then, here, here's my yeah, cell phone. You, got, you, know you got a whole system. <laughs> yeah. You got, I don't want people just calling just to call. Come on, man. I, I wish I wish but, it would. Hey, you know what would have what made that answer machine even better? If you would have had some house music playing yeah. in the background. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> you appreciate it. Recently, recently I ran into a girl. Who's this girl, Ray? <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. Who's this no, girl, no, Ray? No, no. My wife said, I was with my wife. <laughs> I'm at a place. She goes, Ray, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I had no clue, right? And she was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you. It's been years, blah, blah, blah. And, and my wife's looking at me and go, I don't have no clue. But here's the thing. She says, I remember back in the day. Now this, I know she must know way back. So I remember back in the day, when we used to call your house, you had the answering machine and it picked up, you reached the ambassador of love. I said, oh yeah, man, that was like 1983. <laughs> You reached ambassador love, baby. Oh, that's me, ambassador. <laughs> that must have been fun. That, that you oh, must I have. I forgot I had that. I even forgot I had ambassador love. Love's in the air. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, so, so you said with your with your pops, you said you kind of adopted that fighting yeah. style. Well, would you say your father fought the same way, and you kind of were trained that way? What well, my father fought, like my father's a fighter in the thirties and forties. Those a lot of people know. Then one contender in the world from 1942, 1944, signed a fight for a world title in January of 42. I mean, February of 42, got drafted in January of 42. We had to go into the service, never got a chance to fight for the world title, and got shot up in the Battle of Mets and came back, never expected him to live, eventually came back, and they never expected him to walk because he had so much shrapnel throughout his body, came back, and eventually came back to fight. But he went in the one lightweight contender, came out of middleweight. So my father, I always thought about my father should have been, could have been, would have been world champion if it wasn't for World War II, right? So that's why when people say to me when I was a little boy, what do you want to be when you grow up? I say, I want to be a fighter world champion for my father. But the funny thing is, going back to what you asked me, everybody used to talk about how my father's style, how he kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Never, my father used to say, Raymond, I never took a backward step, but sometimes I wish I did. And here's the one thing I'm proud of. My father, at over 100 professional fights, was never knocked out or stopped in any fight. Now, there's only a couple of fighters of that era, 
uh, Kid Gavilan, Billy Graham, only a few, maybe four, but we never stopped or knocked out. That was a top contender. My father was one of them, man. And I'm, so I tried to be that. You know, you're born with a certain, uh, a certain tenacity, tenacity. Certain, yeah. you know, ingrained skill or that you get. But then some things I want, and then some I wanted to be. So I, you know, kept coming forward. And then sometimes I said, man, he's a better man than me. Because sometimes you got to take a step backwards. And my father would used to ask him about me to say, no, nah, he comes forward. But, he said, but he's a better, he said, he's, he's more uh, intelligent than I, I was. He said, he, he can box when he wants to. He's much more intelligent. So if I had to, I could box. But that wasn't what was going to get me to the world title. And when I won the world title, it wasn't what was going to hold on to the world title. You know what I mean? I had to maintain my strength, my aggression. You know, and then when I had to box, I could box. But you, look, if you don't have to get into a firefight, there's no need to. You beat the guy the easiest way. I, I got to commend you. Two things. Yeah. The kind of fighter you were, I mean, you have your faculties. You are clear, articulate. I yeah. mean, you look great, man. So props to you because it's not that. always like that. No, it's no, not no, always I like that. that. I mean, you are no no long-lasting sustained damage. I mean, you just look well, great, I, man. You sound I, great. I appreciate it. One thing I tell people, the one thing I'm most proud about my career is I can still spell fight. I can still spell mm -hmm. But I say that half the because so many guys can't. Now, going back to what you said, usually this is my style is not made for a long career. So I sacrificed longevity to make get in and make my score, make my money. You know, I was fan friendly. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Yeah. People love love the Thank way you fought. Thank you. But I only fought five and a half years as a pro. And why the reason I'm clarified that is I've talked to look, I've do I've talked to enough neurologists, brain surgeons. I every year I go get the brain study in Las Vegas at the Cleveland Clinic Las Vegas. They started for fighters, then they went to football players, and every year I've been doing it for the last five years, and I get the typical Mr. Mancini, you know, we found nothing in there. I said, yeah, yeah, I know, not even a brain. I got it. So it's all good. <laughs> so far, so good. No scarring of the tissue, no spots or anything on the brain. So it's all good. And, then, and when you go in there, you have to do a reaction test, a balance test, you know, neurological test. And then they put you to do a, in the tube for an MRI. So far, so good. And, 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 you know, I want to know that stuff. Look, if there's something, God forbid, something's going on, and I can take a, a supplement to help fight it, that's what I'm going to do. How, how old were you when you started to fight amateur? Uh, 15. Yeah, yeah, I'd be 16 to fight in Golden Gloves. I turned 16 in March, and I, <laughs> and I uh, started uh, a couple of months before. So I was 15, actually, when I had my first amateur fight. And during that entire time, was, you, was your pops also training you? During the amateurs? No, my father never trained me. Which my father always said, Raymond, a father should be in a son's corner. He said, there was a good amateur trainer, one of the best. My father knew him very well, <clears throat> and he let him handle me. Bob Aaron, to this day, Bob Aaron tells people, if you want to know the best fight father, Ray Mancini's father. He, he was a former fighter, and he let, you know, one thing I learned in business, the small, one of the smartest things I learned in business, let those who do, do. Right? I don't do what you do. You don't do what I do. Bob Aaron said that he let those who, everyone do their job. And he stayed out. He was just a father. And that's what the problem is. My father said, Raymond, a, fighter, a father should never be in a son's corner. Because what happens is emotions take over. Emotions take over instead of, you know, a thought process. And either, no, either you're going to be my, I'm, I'm going to be your father, you're going to be my son, or we're business partners. That don't that usually don't work. Now, there's a few guys who made it work, not many. Yeah, but it's very it's very rare. And, yeah. and I'm so glad that you cleared that up for me because I came in 
thinking that that was the relationship. But the thing is, your father is such a big part of your story with right. being a former fighter Correct. and Correct. you kind of dedicating your title to him Correct. and that sort of thing. So I've always tied that in. But it's so, it's interesting to learn that. Because people thought it was my trainer, just like you said, because he was always in the front row. And they show him. My father was always front row, <laughs> him and my mother, you know, near my corner, near my corner, you know, it was a spectator. Let, let me ask you this. I, I can't think of many father-son uh, relationships in, in the fight game that worked. It's a shame Mosley yeah. and his father didn't seem to work. No. Roy Jones and his father. Roy Jones and his father didn't no. seem to work. The only one that's working, and it's an anomaly, please, believe me, is Sean Porter and Kenny Porter. Mm. That's the only one I know You're that. Right. So far, so far. Because one thing is, Sean loves his father, respects his father, and he trusts his father. Like, for instance, Floyd Mayweather never trusted his father, you know what I mean, to, to, to handle because because his father was away when Floyd started out, and it was uncle who trained him. And then when the old man got out of, out of the can, he wanted to be a trainer. So it's hard to start off with one guy, then the guy comes in and wants to take over. It's hard to trust him, you know what I mean? Look, another one that works pretty good is Danny Garcia and his father. His father is, uh, his father's... His father's a character. Who, yeah. Danny? Oh, Yo, oh, Danny is. is gonna knock out anybody. He got the best <laughs> yeah. look in the game. Daddy is like Puerto Ricans. That's your primo. That's your primo. Supremo. I'm gonna tell you right now, I think Danny won that fight. You think what you want, but I think the judges are paid up. Danny won that fight. What fight? What fight is that? Oh, you talking about the old man. Yeah, 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 the old man, yeah. I mean, I mean, in every fight, he always says that. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you well, know, who do you like? Who do you like for Crawford? And and being that you would talk, uh, who do you like, Porter or, or Crawford? Who do you like for that fight? Let, let's go back a little bit. The fight I ever wanted to see was Crawford Spence, of course. And I picked Errol Spence to beat him because Errol is he's top two, three pound for pound, along with Canelo and uh, Inoue, the Japanese. Spence top three. Okay, he got hurt. He had the one fight against Danny. They were talking about it. And then, of course, I mean, Pacquiao, and he got detached, so that's, so I don't know if that fight will ever happen. So now, Sean steps up, right? Says, I want the best fighter out there. My brother, Sean, I love this kid, man. He's a junkyard dog, man. He's a junkyard dog. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be in the grill of Terrence Crawford all night. Terrence Crawford, he fought something like Sean Porter. Now, technically, he's a better fighter. Technically. Look, Sean's fought Keith Thurman. Sean's fought Danny Garcia. Sean fought Errol Spence. He fought them all. Mm -hmm. He was a spar partner for Adrian Pacquiao Brunner. for years. So ain't nobody in the game fought. I'm not saying Crawford's looking for easy guys. No, no, no. He's fought the guys they put in front of him. All you can do is fight the guys they put in front of you. That's all you can do as a fighter, right? And Crawford's beat them all. Special talent. But I tell you what, but he's going to have to rise to a whole different occasion against Sean because Sean's been used to big fights. I'm not sure sure Crawford's been used to this type of fight mentally, you know? Right. Yeah, Sean's a naturally bigger man, too. Yeah, well, you know, exactly. Yep. And Sean, no, no, you're right. No, no, Crawford's going to be taller, but Sean's wider. You're right. right. And, and, Sean, and Sean is going to be on that ass at the count of the bell of round oh, yeah. one, and oh, yeah. Crawford is a notoriously slow starter. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, and they know each other well, because Sean, I saw I met Clarence Crawford. Uh, Sean um, introduced me in one of the fights when we were doing commentary together. So they, they know each other well. I think they sparred back in the day together. Look, a lot of respect. I respect Sean. Sean has, stepped up, Sean has stepped up every time when there was a fight to be made. He ain't ducked or turned on anybody. So going back to your question, I'm picking Sean because my brother is a junkyard dog, like I said. Nice. I was going to ask you, so you, you were a young, good-looking guy, and you had, like, this love affair with the crowd, right? And the crowd, everybody loved you. Now, when you fought, when you fought Arguello, 
uh, that was your first loss, right? Right. Did you feel like you learned a lot from that fight, from being in there with him? I learned more from that one loss than the other 20 victories. And after that fight, I knew I'd be world champion because I knew what it t- I had what it took to experience took over. You know, people always say, and, and look, there's no greater teacher than experience. Einstein, right? Einstein was once asked, of all your teachers, who's been your greatest teacher? He said, experience has been my greatest teacher. And that's probably most of us, right? So after that fight, I felt like Alexis Aguayo, I used to love watching Alexis. He was one of my heroes but growing up, right? I remember when he beat Ruben Alvarez for the featherweight title, and he went to L.A. and beat him. I remember when he beat Escalera, on, that was on uh, Wild World Sports in, uh, in San Juan. I remember when he beat Jim Watt over in uh, England for the, for the title, right? But I, was, I had beat the number six contender. I beat the number three contender. I got the opportunity. What are you going to say? No. No, man. To be the best, you want to fight the best. And that's what the best. And I really felt confident I could beat him. I felt my strength, my youth would over, be able to overcome his experience. But I was wrong. So after that fight, though, I knew I'd be world champion. You know, I, and I was always hoping for a rematch with Alexis. I was hoping Alexis had moved up, then he fought Aguayo. I mean, I, prior later on, so and it never materialized. But Alexis Aguayo, one of the top fifty fighters of all time, one of the top ten Latino fighters of all time. And the reason I clarify that is because we know how many great Latino fighters there have been through the years, through the years. And he's a t- and he's one top ten, and that's a great accomplishment. But one of the top fifty greatest fighters of all time, also. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you fight for the title of your next fight, or was it like did you have two no, more I, fights I before you fights beat? After. I fought like October third of eighty one. Now, one thing I'm proud of also is, you know, I got beat. I was hurt. I, I mean, I mean mentally. I mean, I was hurt. I just felt let my family down. I felt let the city down. But I told my man, you get me right back in there. And so, I, a couple of weeks, I healed up. I was back in the gym. And I fought the day after Christmas, December 26th. I fought on ESPN, you know, and I fought a you know, tune-up. They say a tune-up, but look, no fights are tune-up. They get guys that can fight. You know, you can't be fighting for a world title and go fight a guy that's just a, uh, nobody. So I fought a kid, a tough Mexican kid, Louis uh, uh, Manuel Abadoy, tough guy. wasn't, you know, on a peripheral contender. He wasn't a top 15, 20. But it was a, good, it was a tough, right tough fight, but I knocked him out in the second round. I, and then I fought... A month later, in January, January 23rd, uh, I defended my North American title. I'm back on CBS against the uh, Dominicano Diablito Valdez. What a name. Dominicano. Yeah. <laughs> Dominicano. What a name. And, and, uh, and, he was and that's a real crazy super. how you guys fought so frequently. Yeah. I mean, that's a month later. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then I fight May for the title. So the one thing I'm proud of, going back to what I said, is I only fought five and a half years as a pro. Thirty, at, you know, but had thirty-two fights in five years. That's wild. That's a lot. Not a lot of fights, but not a lot of years. But what? That's one average six a year. But the one thing I'm very proud of, a champ from being a champ of May of '82 to June of '84, I had seven title defenses in 24 months. Wow. That's one every three months. That's the reason I retired so young because I got not that I got burned, but I got burned out. I had I made my money. My style is not made for a long career. I know that. I was always in training camp. There was a period of time I was in training camp, 44 out of 48 weeks. My body was tired. I, I was satisfied. I had a good career. But it was time to shut it down, man, and move on. Time, you know, it's one chapter of my life. It's not, it's one chapter. There's other chapters I wanted to write. So I moved on. So I was 24 when I retired. Wow. That, that, it's an impressive career. I mean, you fought some well, amazing thank fighters. You. And also the, the, the emotional toll. You say you're breaking down, right? You know, in the short span of five years. That's wild to comprehend. 
what was it? Thirty six fights, if I'm not, and five. That's that's crazy to yeah. think of. And and I know you you probably get this a lot. And with all due respect, that Kim Duck cool fight, the emotionally, the toll yeah. must have taken on you well, after that fight. He sustained you know injuries that resulted in his death. How did you get through that? How did you get through, like therapy wise? Well, first of all, I got through my 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 faith, my trust in Christ. You know, my faith prayed, prayed, prayed. I had a very one of my dearest, closest friends. He had to say I'm on parochial school 12 years. Some good cats. <laughs> so one of my dearest <laughs> friends was an old teacher of mine, but he was at all my fights. His name was Father Tim O'Neill. And before every fight, him and my father, they were the only two guys that lied back into my dressing room. <laughs> now they'd be there till you know it was time by 10 minutes. They say, okay, 10 minutes, and they so they go out to my father would give me a hug and a kiss. And Father O'Neill would say a blessing on me and always give me some sort of strength, you know, comfort. That's what got me through is my faith. You know, and, and you know, the good Lord, I don't, you know, look, I understand growing up, we, we, we learn, we, we're taught that the good Lord, none of things are always going to be answered to us. You ask, you pray, you ask questions, and the good Lord answers in his own time. I don't know why things happen, you know, for me, why do things happen to me and why, whatever. I don't question why. I always say, why not? Why should I be exempt? Everybody has, you know, everybody got to cross the bear figuratively, you know? There's so, something, I got to say, there's something about your spirit and persona that kind of uh, displays just what you said. Nah, Without you. you telling me, I, I feel that. And I, that's thank that's you. your body of work as a fighter from all the interviews I've seen, from everything, from even the films that you're, from the book I read. So I have to say, I bring that up, but in no way does it define your career. No, Just no, as boxing you. doesn't thank define you. your life. Thank you know, you. you're so and much more. That. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a, a positive, uh, you're such a positive figure. So I appreciate you. that's very all kind you've of you. done, that's man. That's very kind of you. But it's funny what you said. What you said is very accurate, though. I tell people, when I fought, I mean, when I met my, I mean by accurate, not all the nice things you're saying, that ain't what I meant. Here's what I'm talking about. <laughs> when I fought, I fought for righteous reasons. I fought for, the, I loved the sport. I wanted to be a fighter since day one, as I told you. I wanted to be my father. I wanted a chance to win that title for him. I love boxing. Everything about it, I loved it. After the Kim fight, there was no love for it. It became a business. It became a business, strictly a business then. And I just won my world. I had won the title. I had the opportunity to get my financial security. You know, I prayed. Look, I prayed a lot. I didn't know if I wanted to come back. And Father O'Neill was the one who helped me the most. <laughs> and he said to me one day, he said to me, look, Ray, if you're asking me if I want to see you fight again, I said, yeah, I want to see you fight again. Because I think God gave you a special talent. And I said, and I think if you retired, You'd be denying not only God that talent, you'd be denying the people this talent. They needed something to hold on to. I happen to be that guy. So, you know, what I'm saying is everything at that time, I, I, I looked deep into myself, I said my prayers, and then I decided I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. And I had to decide, would I move forward? If I had a guy hurt, would I be able to take him out? If I had a guy hanging on, would I be able to go after him? And I thought, yeah, and I did. But I was looking for the door. I was looking for the door after that fight. And what do you think about the state of boxing right now? You know, boxing's in a, in a strange place. You said it, but boxing is a very strange place. The best aren't fighting the best. They're not fighting as often. There's no, you know, fighters can't develop a legacy. They can't because the only guy that can develop a legacy right now is Canelo because he's fighting on a regular basis. He always did. And you got to admire that. He fought, you know, four, three, four, five times a year when nobody's doing that. 
And so you can't, you can't. I, I, I love, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I love that he's learning English and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's like, you motherfucker. Hey, when he was yelling, I came up there. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> you got a, imp- a better impersonation hey, of him than Shut the fuck up right now, motherfucker. motherfucker. I, I don't know, man. I think he I think he runs through Plant. I don't think Plant has the experience or the durability. I I, I don't think that's a tough fight. I think he stops him with a body shot, I think. That's what well, I'm well you know what? I I worked with you know, I worked when I worked with Fox a couple years ago. I get to know Caleb very well and become friends with him. I love Caleb. He's a great guy. Great guy. Hell of a fighter. Hell of a fighter. He is a great fighter. But hell of a fighter. But I think it's different levels. Well, you're, you're, what you're saying is valid. I love this kid's confidence. He believes enough in himself and is tremendous. But, like you said, I don't believe he has. The biggest thing is he can fight what he can fight technically wise. The difference, he ain't got the punch to keep Canelo off of him. You're going to be able to hurt Canelo. Canelo, he, you know, you're not going to step on coming forward. And, and I don't think Caleb has the firepower to keep him off. So that's going to be the problem. So acting-wise, what do you got going on? Because the, t- the, t- the, the screen likes you, and it seems like you enjoy doing it. <laughs> what's, what's on the horizons for that? We've got a couple things in a hopper. One of them uh, with our director, Craig uh, Singer. I got my next two projects. I hired him to be my director. Uh, I got I hired Craig to direct the next two projects I have. And one of them was with the same writer at 645. And then I got another project. So one's a psychological thriller, like 645, but I even think it's different and even maybe a little bit better. But 645 was great. But, and then I got another one that's a crime drama in the world of EDM. You guys know that. I know you know that EDM, electronic dance music. Yeah. And you look like a, you know, I know you like to do a little sacero. You like a little, you like to do that thing in there. You look like a sacero, baby. Oh, yeah. She goes the project is, here's the, the one liner. It's Saturday Night Fever meets The Sopranos. So mm, that's a like project. It. That's the next project we're looking to do. Hoping to shoot early next year. And then at the end of next year, shoot the psychological thriller. So I think being our friend, Craig, and I hope to be working with you, my friend. I hope we'll be working together again. With Mar- I mean, Marshall, my friend Marshall. Marshall, if you're listening, I'm hoping to work with you some more. Yo, shout out to Marshall, yeah, Marshall. for putting this together. Yeah. We got Ray Boom Boom Massini hey, in the hey, building. Now, wow, the Zoom Zoom. I want you to know. Boom Boom on the Zoom Zoom. You know, I always got a lot of love from the, from the Latin community, always, right? When I go to when I go to Miami, and it's not Miami, Miami, when I get off the plane, I start talking like Tony Montana. I get off the plane, oh, yeah, Chico, call me that. No, man. You so Italiano, man. <laughs> Yo, this guy, multi-talented. You speak better Spanish than I do. Yeah, uh, Jesus. I'm God. half Puerto Rican too. I didn't know. I don't know anything. Sergio, I know three my, words. My daughter says, "Papi, papi, I'm playing late. I'm playing late." I said, "Oh yeah, mommy, I'm trying, maybe I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying from my primos, baby, from my primos." Last couple of things, boom, boom. Yes. Let me ask you. Wait, wait, so when you were coming up in the boxing scene. Did, did, did you and because everyone hears about like the darkness in it you know with the did, did, was there any uh, hidden agenda from like the mob trying to interf- infiltrate what you had going on especially in Youngstown right no, the mob yeah, was big there right, right? Look, we, were very, we were very heavily connected you know why we're the only city of our size controlled by two major families Cleveland and Pittsburgh and I knew everybody, on the way up I knew everybody they knew me but they never won anything from me. They were always proud of me. Awesome. And that's what I always appreciate. They never, they never, they they always just proud of me. They came to my fights. Between fights, I'd hang out with them. We'd have, you know, go have drinks. See, the thing about Youngstown is we go sit at a bar. You're doing a, uh, you're doing a podcast. This guy's a city official. This guy's a, uh, a lawyer. And I'm a fighter. But we all got different jobs. We all got jobs, just different jobs, right? 
We all carry our lunch pail to the job, just different jobs. So think about Youngstown, that's part of the fabric. Like a lot of places, you know, the guys are next door, it's the guys next door, and what, you know, like in, like, like in Brooklyn or whatever. It's just part of the fabric. And, um, but, you know, they're good people, man. They treat me good is all I know. They treat me good, we're good people. It just, as long as their business doesn't conflict with mine. Now, yeah. I wanted to ask you this. So you were able to manage your money well throughout your career. And how, how do you feel when you see an older fighty, fighter who's almost like 60 having to fight like an MMA guy just to, to, to pay the bills? I hate to see my favorite boxers barefooted in the octagon. I don't want to see them with dirty feet in the octagon. Look, I know that you're talking about Evander, who last lady yeah. did that. I don't know how much he needs. I mean, look, we know how much money he made. We know how much money he went through. Hey, he enjoyed his money. I'm not so sure how bad he needs it now. I'm sure I think he does okay. But, but it's a money grab. And so if you're offering a guy like X amount of million dollars guarantee that you can make X amount more, I guess he would do he did it. He embarrassed himself. So I got offered around Christmas time to come back to do one of these fights, right? And the guy said to me, Hey, promoter out of Vegas, real, real promoter. I've known him a long time. He said, Hey, did you see Tyson uh, Jones? I said, Yeah. So what did you think? I said, not much. <laughs> I said, look, I guess it was entertaining. It wasn't for me, but I guess it was. I said, look, God bless him, man. I'm happy for him, guys. But, you know, he says, well, would you be considering doing that? I go, let me tell you something. Not only would I not want to do it, I wouldn't want to watch it. This was, like I said, December. I just turned 60. He said, we could do it late summer. I said, but I'm going to be 60 years old back then. Do you understand? Boxing is a young man's sport. And that's what I said. Not that I wouldn't want to do it. I don't want to watch. I wouldn't want to see the two old men. Oh, you wouldn't believe who would want to do it all. Oh, it's, it's, you know, I get all the nostalgia. I get it. You know, we all got that nostalgic bone in our. Why would I want to watch two old, two old fighters try to throw punches at each other? Why? It's a young man's sport. There's enough young blood. I want to see the young blood. There's enough young blood. A lot of talented fighters to watch. Which brings me to my next question: Who, who do you? Who's your favorite fighter now? And and. Also, what do you think is the most important uh, characteristic or attribute for a fighter? So who's your favorite fighter coming up? And what's the most important thing a fighter needs to have? I love this kid. And unfortunately, he just got beat the last fight. But I love this kid. He's a true champion, Leo Santa Cruz. I love him. Mm. He got knocked out by Tank Davis, who's one of my other favorite fighters. But he moved up. He challenged Tank Davis. He challenged himself. He moved up the weight. Tank, you know, nobody was doing that. But he did. So I love Leo Santa Cruz. I love this kid, Tank Davis, man. I love this kid, Teofimo Lopez. I mean, these guys come to fight, you know what I mean? They bring the, they bring the heat, man. They bring the, the fire, and they're fun to watch. I like watching Errol Spence. I just wish that uh, that fight would have been made. Uh, you know, Sean Porter's always, you know what you're buying when you watch Sean Porter, you know what you're buying. I love this kid, in a way, the, the Japanese kid. Yeah. In a way. He could punch. They call him the monster. He's undefeated, yeah. moving up and knocking everybody out. So, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of great fighters out there right now. Boxing's not gonna we're strong. Boxing's gonna be moving forward. A lot of great talent. I just wish the opportunity to see these guys more. Would I have to be pay per view or something like that? Put them on national TV, man. That's the thing when I was working with Fox a couple of years ago. We brought boxing back on a on on a national network, prime time, and we did great ratings. I just wish it would have. We go back to that again. Yeah, I love the fact that that was an option for yeah. that short period of time. Last thing, what do you think is the most important attribute, characteristic for a fighter to have? Two things. One don't go out without the other. My father taught me a long time ago. You've got to have, Ram, you got to have a lot of heart, obviously. 
There's your curve, your heart. Because if you got no heart, you ain't going to But this, don't go, it goes hand to hand with this. You gotta have a good chin. Because you can have a lot of heart, no chin, you're taking a lot of ass whoopings. You're taking a lot of, <laughs> no, that's the truth. You're gonna, get, you're gonna take a lot of ass whoopings, got kids coming, and you're gonna get hurt. But if you have a good chin and no heart, you ain't going nowhere anyway. I'm all about character. Character of a fighter is so important, man. That you gotta be able to have that intestinal fortitude that dig down deep. Dig down deep when you're hurt, when your body's when your body's hurting, when you when you don't think you can go anymore, you find that extra ounce of strength to move forward. That's that intestinal fortitude, and and that's a special talent. And that's all. That's that character, man. That you gotta have that character of a fighter. Wow. Yeah, that is awesome, man. Yo, Ray. You are the man. Thank I you. really do appreciate your time. Yes. And thank you. I know you have you are having technical difficulties, <laughs> but that don't phase us. Yeah. None out here. This is P.O.P. And we got Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Now I got you on my phone. Let's do it again. It'll make it easier next time. It'll be much easier. <laughs> oh, let's do it even better. The next time you're in New York, yes. let's get you in person. Send us in. My son lives in New York. I'm going to be visiting him soon. So when I come to New York... I'm making sure that you know ahead of time. Let's Wonderful. do that sooner than later, brother. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. You are the man. Take care, Ray. <laughs> and that Ray is Mancini. it, folks. Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Your thoughts, Derek, immediately after I just, that. I'll be honest with you, man. Like, Ray Mancini is one of my father's favorite fighters. He's spoken, he was spoken about very highly in my household growing up. My father always said, you got to see Ray Boom Boom Mancini. And, uh, I, you know, and I'm just, I I love listening to these fighters talk, man. You think your father would be proud of you or not? Because he's sure not proud of your comedy career. My father doesn't think I'm funny. But your father's supportive of you. He supported your boxing. He did. He did. He came, I remember he came to one of my fights. He was the only voice I heard. I heard, I heard he went, uh, the only thing you're hitting is gloves, kid. <laughs> he said kid after? Yeah, he said, kid, you're only hitting gloves, kid. You're only hitting gloves, Was that a voice kid. of comfort or did it, did it discourage you? It made me want to knock the guy out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because what we got from Ray is that his father gave him juice. And it, yeah. it's interesting to learn. Not my father. I want to knock the guy. I was That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah but it, so I gave you some and juice. And I did. I did knock him out. I don't believe you have any footage of this. I absolutely out. have footage. Oh, let's get, let's get yeah. some Derek Dresser yeah. footage, amateur footage with your headgear mad big. You know what's funny is I knock guys out with the headgear and, and the big gloves. Yeah, you yeah. think you're at Wolf Training Camp style I'm just, now. I'm just saying. I, I, I scored a lot of knockdowns in amateurs. That just will go to show you. That you have your physical makeup. My physical and makeup. And your bone is, density. Yeah, it's very, it's very strong and, and so, above average. <laughs> so I found it very interesting that Ray uh, wasn't trained by his father. I know. So the research you, you know did was is? incorrect. I did incorrect research. You know, but the thing is, all the pictures, you look at all the pictures, his father's in the ring, his father's right there. But he was definitely, I didn't get to ask him. I'm pretty sure he was in the gym from time to time but it was just great to hear him talk man he and just, I mean, he's not only was he a great fighter great human being obviously. he's a, you could just tell yeah. and i think we're gonna attract a lot of these figures the people that we're interested in that we're highlighting it got a lot of character not just great fighters but great yeah. great people great people you know he and that's what we want to do we want to dig in a little deeper than that yeah i, I don't want to ask him oh so in the second round against you know nah, I mean? nah. the pride of youngstown ohio he was the emblem of a working class city and he embodied that and you know he said it and and in the interview, there'll be in a bar. He was the fighter. There was like a welder, yeah. and there was like you know this a different... criminal. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why do you always have to involve criminal crim, criminal uh, behavior into the because uh, that's because I'm a reformed criminal. 
That's why. That's why. And I'm coming back from it right now. <laughs> and you're coming back strong. I it's like it. It's heavy on the mind, kid. Uh-huh. Coming back it's strong. Heavy on the mind. What coming back strong? That's P.O.P. Picking off punches. I'm your boy, Sergio Chacon. We got the Yiddish G, Derek Drush in the house. What Yer- a fantastic episode. That's number two for your ass. We're out of here. Sound lines. Be sure to subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. We're coming out. We're coming strong. And number three is going to be in your face sooner than later. Follow us on Instagram. And me, not Sergio. (laughs) At Sergio Chicone. Thank you, guys.